All right, guys. How is everybody doing? It's good to be back. Good to be home. Home on the old pod. <laughs> oh, man. I had a... I don't know. I don't really have a good reason for not recording another one sooner, except I didn't have a whole lot to say. But now I've got so much just built up anger that, you know, I just need a I just need a vent, clear the clear the pipes a little bit to a voluntary audience and not, you know, because if you if you make a habit out of cornering your friends and just venting to them, eventually they'll start avoiding you. You can ask me how I know, but you might not like the answer. <laughs> but yeah, so I went to North Carolina last weekend. Went down, went down to the south, down to the good old boys, y'all. And yeah, it was it was all right. You no, know, it was North Carolina. Not a whole lot going on. <laughs> you can't even. I mean, I don't play volleyball, but if you want to play volleyball down there, they can't even get a gym. They're like, yeah, we don't we don't have a room with a net in it that you can that you can bump a ball around. And we don't we don't have that here. But, you know, other than that, I'm sure it's a great, (laughs) great place. You're going to probably hear a little bit of noise because where I'm recording, there's like a, you know, there's there's noise. I'm not going to tell you where I'm at. I don't want anybody to be able to stalk me. That just seems excessive, though. Wow. That that's that's. Sounds like they're like the the revolution. What well, the Bolshevik? The Bolshevik revolution is the second Bolshevik revolution is happening behind me, and I'm I'm quietly recording a podcast because that's what I do. You know, I don't get involved. I don't get involved in something that doesn't doesn't. You know, unlike the Americans in World War II, I do not fight battles that aren't mine. You know, we went over there to Europe and helped the, the whatever, the Britons out. The Brits, is that what they like to, I don't know what the, those, those dictators like to be called. But we went over there and helped them out. And, you know, how, how did they treat us? How did they treat us? They taxed us and we had to fight. Our, our people had to die to be free of those dictators. But yet... When old Hitler <laughs> was starting to do his thing, who did they call? When they were scrolling through their phone contacts looking for somebody to help them, what was the name that they had on speed dial? I think the Bolsheviks are losing. <laughs> uh, man, <laughs> I'm just going to start using that now. But yeah, you know, so I don't, I don't anyway, I'm, I'm not going to follow that. I'm not going to follow that joke the whole way out because people might not like it. Because people don't like my humor. Can you believe that? People think my humor is offensive. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it can be to some people, but it shouldn't be. When I was down in North Carolina this past weekend, there was this guy that I, I don't know what triggered it necessarily, but he went off on this rant just in the living room about how you shouldn't laugh at certain things. And and everyone acted like it was perfectly normal. Everyone was just looking at him like, ah, we're so proud. And it's just like, are, are you guys okay with this communist propaganda that is being spoon-fed to you right now? 
and I couldn't, I couldn't really just shut him down and just cut the tree off at the root because he is a good kid. Yeah, he really is. He's got, got a lot of potential, but the communist ideology just has to go. You know, I don't, I don't know if he's been reading Joseph Stalin's books. I don't even know if Joseph Stalin has books, but if he does, uh, what he was saying was straight out of the, what do you call the, the thing right at the front of the book? My vocabulary is just in the tank tonight. The preface. What he had to say was straight out of Stalin's preface of his autobiography. <laughs> no, it was it wasn't it wasn't quite that bad. But it's just like when people try to tell you what you can laugh, what you can or can't laugh at, that that should be a huge red flag. You should you should check their credentials. Because chances are they're a communist and they're trying to take away all your liberties and they will, they will tell you what you can laugh at and then they will tell you what you can believe and then they will shoot you for not believing the right thing. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, that's kind of a joke, but it's actually serious. You know, if you start letting people tell you what you can and can't laugh at, it's a very, very slippery slope. And like, I know that sounds crazy and, and that it's extreme, obviously, to say like, well, you know, if you let people tell you what you can laugh at, eventually they'll kill you. But it's actually not really a reach if you read history. Like the only people that that sounds crazy to, like there, I'm sure there's people listening to that that are like, that's completely crazy. But the only people that that actually sounds crazy to is the people that have not studied history in depth. If you've studied history in depth, I guarantee you, guarantee 100% that that does not sound crazy to you because it's, it's how people work. You know, they, they give up a little bit of liberty here and there and it starts slow and it makes sense at first because they're like, you can't, you can't laugh at that group of people. And then they're like, you can't believe that. And then they're like, if you believe that, you got to go to jail. And, and, it, and it happens so slowly that no one realizes that it's a, a horrible thing for everybody involved. It's not, like, it's not like if you stop laughing at certain people or you stop, you know, that it's good for everybody. Because it's not. It, it ends up being worse for 100% of the population. And, you know, you just, you just really like study history and prove me wrong. Honestly, if, if you prove me wrong through history, I will make another podcast and I will, and I will tell you that I'm wrong. Tell everybody that I'm wrong because it's important. It's important that I'm telling the truth, but I, you you will not be able to. I can almost guarantee. I mean, I don't know everything, so I, I could obviously be wrong. But I can almost guarantee you that you will not be able to prove me wrong through history, that that could not happen. It's like everyone thinks that our generation is the only generation in the history of the world that is not capable of horrible things. It's like, no, we are. We are very much capable. Like, look at how many babies our generation is killing every day. But yet you're going to believe that people won't take away your right to believe what you want to believe. And it starts small with people like 
telling you what you can and can't laugh at. And that's why it's important that humor stays free. Well, Joe, just because humor needs to stay free doesn't mean you need to tell horribly offensive jokes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, you know, I, I could dial it back a little bit, but it, it's kind of fun to push the edge. I, I just kind of enjoy it. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing necessarily, but I'm just, you know, I mean, it's just kind of the way it is. Because if you if you push the edge, then then you know where it's where it is. <laughs> it's kind of like if you're learning how to ride a motorcycle, you know, if, if you never wreck, you don't know how good you are. Because it's like, what if I'm way better than I am? And I just don't know it because I've never wrecked. And then and then you, you know, lay one down sometime and you're like, oh. I guess I guess that's where I need to draw the line. And that's kind of where it is with humor. You know, you, you kind of poke around until you find find the edge and then you're like, oh, there it is. Now I'm going to carefully step over that edge and see what happens. <laughs> but I mean it's it is it is strange though, because what I think what we were talking about is joking about like people's race or something, maybe. And I can understand. Like, I, I honestly, I don't want, like, my, my close friends, I don't want to annoy them. And I have, you know, I do have close friends that, that aren't the same the same race as me. So, you know, I don't actually want to annoy them. But, but to say, like, you know, that you can't laugh at somebody just because they're different than me or different than you. Like, the same people that say that are the same people that will gladly laugh at somebody else for, like, how they're dressed. Or the kind of vehicle, you know, they'll be like, ha, ah, look at what he's wearing. There's baggy jeans. Are we in 2004? You know, and, it, and, it, and it's not like, like if you walk up to me and make a joke about white people, you know, if you're like, ha, any three guys could walk up to me and tell me they're the chain smokers or two guys. I don't, I don't know how many guys. I don't even know how many guys are in the chain smokers. It's a band, by the way, for you Christian people. <laughs> And I'm going to be like, ha, huh, because it's funny, you know, but like if, if I make a joke about, about a different race, like about black people or Asians, like I know, like probably 80% of people that are listening to, to me right now are so uncomfortable that I'm even mentioning those races. Do you know how crazy that is? Like, that's insane that you can't even point out that we're different in some ways. And you can't even say it like in a, in a, that's how you know it's crazy is when you, you can't even stereotype somebody in a good way because you can't even be like, Asians are so smart. Everyone's going to be like, what are you, are you a racist? So it's like that, that's when you know it's gone too far. I don't know. I don't know. I probably should dial it back. Somebody actually told me that they think, and this is one of my best friends, so it's like reliable, but he told me that he thinks I'm, how did he say it? That I'm too sensitive and that I get triggered too easily. <laughs> it's like, that is so spot on. I mean, it, you know, it's not true. No, it, it, it is. It is true, though. I, I do get triggered very easily. And then I think about it and I'm just like, ah, I'm going to have to get that guy. That's that. That's actually a huge flaw in my character that I need to work on. Is that I'm I'm extremely. I, I don't know if I've talked about that on the podcast before, but I'm I'm super. Uh, yeah, I did. 
But, you know, if somebody, like, screws me over, I'm like, meh, I get you. <laughs> and it, it's, it's not good. It, it really isn't. Oh, man. Do you know Bugatti made a car and it sold for, like, $18 million? And it has some, it, it's this black Bugatti, and they only made one of them. And it was bought by an anonymous buyer for like 18 million. And it has some fancy name in like, I want to, I want to say like French. And when they translated it, it meant black car. <laughs> uh, how funny is that? They sold an $18 million car and what it meant was black car. Like it had this fancy name, like impressive name, you know? And it was like black car, you know, but you probably shouldn't say that because that's racist, which I don't know. Like that's kind of how guys, how guys relate to each other is by making fun of their differences. And it's not a bad thing. Because guys will be like, huh, you wear such big shoes. You wear size 15s. What are you doing with those canoes on your feet, bro? You go to a rock climbing store to get your shoelaces. You use rope, you know? And it's like it doesn't even have to make sense. You just like throw insults at each other, and that's that's how you know you're loved. But if you're like, ah, you're black, you know, it's dark. I couldn't see you there. <laughs> Everyone's like, hey, bro, the easy, easy. That's racist. It's like, what? What? I was just pointing something out that's obvious to everyone and that no one cares about. Okay. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, I was telling somebody today because he said something that I, I said something and he called me racist. And I was like, no, I, I'm pro-white. Which that sounds horribly racist, but you know, like, I don't know. It's kind of like if, if you have a sports team. If you have a sports team, you can. <laughs> this is really, oh man, I'm not even, this is a lot even for me. If you have a sports team that you're a fan of, for me, it's the Eagles, okay? The Eagles aren't always good, but I'm still going to be an Eagles fan. Like, they did not do well this last year. I'm still an Eagles fan. The year before, they won a Super Bowl. Eagles fan. You know, it, it's you know, it's kind of like the same way for your race. You know, I can, I can. Some of my best friends aren't Eagles fans, but that doesn't mean at the end of the day, I'm I'm not going to be an Eagles fan. Now, just replace that with race. <laughs> oh man. That's, that's rough. That's, that's pushing. That's, that's the edge. I found it. So you want to talk about Moses? Cause it may be shocking, but I've been reading my Bible and Moses is actually a really crazy dude. I've been trying to, my goal was to read through the old Testament by like the end of February and I'm in Judges, so you could say it's going really well. <laughs> but actually, I've never, I've never read through the Bible before, so it's been really good. But, you know, that doesn't mean I'm a good person. 
it's it's one of those things where like you can you can say like hey i'm reading i'm reading such and such a book like a history book like a book on julius caesar and everyone's like ah all right cool and you're like i'm reading the biography of abraham lincoln and everyone's like ah cool and you're like i'm reading through the bible and everyone's like oh you think you're better than me you're trying to you're trying to rub your righteousness in my face it's like no i'm a terrible person that's why i need to read the bible it's because i know i'm not a good person like if i if i was a good person i wouldn't need the bible that's that's the truth. It's the same way with like like drinking. Like I quit drinking and and I'm not like I don't I don't like just go around telling everybody that except on the podcast. <laughs> but like I did and and like all my closest friends they get it because they know I'm a I'm a light switch person, you know? I'm either like all in or or all out and and so no one that knows me well thinks it's a bad thing. But like, you know, you quit drinking. It's like, oh, so you think you're better than me now? You, you don't think you can you can't drink alcohol with me anymore? You think you're better than me? It's like, no, I know that I'm worse than you. That's why I can't drink alcohol. Because I know that I can't handle it. And, it, and it's like something different for everybody. You know, like maybe for you, it's I don't know what it is. I've always been me. I don't know. I don't know necessarily know what other people deal with. For me, I just uh, love love alcohol. I'll be honest. It was it was hard for me to give up. And this was after you know this was after I became a Christian, which is kind of crazy. But you know if if you do, it's a it's a better lifestyle. Like living living the the Christian lifestyle is actually better. And that's something that I wouldn't probably wouldn't have said like a long time ago or even like a year or two ago. Like I would have still had the impression that not being a Christian was still like, uh, I don't know if you would say like a more fun lifestyle, but it's actually not like once you really start trying or, you know, once you really start kind of getting a grip on things and start living like more of a Christian type lifestyle, it's actually better. And I can say this as as somebody that has definitely lived both, and that's a lot for me to say because, yeah, for for you know probably the last six years I wouldn't have said that until like, you know, probably just the last I don't know a couple months maybe. But anyway, Moses, <laughs> Moses is actually a really he, he's a very interesting dude, especially. I'm not, I'm not going to get in, in too much into like the spiritual side of it, but even just as a person, he's very interesting. I'm not going to make it too spiritual because I'm really not qualified to be like a spiritual leader. And, and I know all the lingo. Like if I, if I wanted to convince people, like if I wanted to convince you guys that I'm a spiritual leader, I could, because I, I know what to say, you know? I, I do like I grew up in church all my life and I pick things up very quickly. And so I, I could convince people 100%, but it wouldn't be genuine at this point in my life. Like I don't have it all figured out and I'm, I'm not at peace with everything. And so it wouldn't be honest, but, but Moses is whether you're a Christian or not as a historical figure, Moses is very interesting. So, a lot of you know the story, but a quick recap. Moses is almost killed at birth. 
And the reason he is almost killed is because, according to Josephus, which Flavius Josephus is a Jewish historian. And some people think he's not credible. I did a little bit of research, not a ton. But the general consensus is that he's fairly accurate. He does exaggerate a lot. And he's not, you know, so I'll, I'll try to make it clear when I'm when I'm quoting from Josephus so that you you know the difference and you don't take it as like gospel truth. Maybe, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But that's really any history book that we have, except the Bible, uh, is that you should take it with a grain of salt because it, it might not be completely accurate. But it's like we have this idea that anything over Bible times needs to be from the Bible or else it's not historically accurate. It's like that's not true. A lot of our history isn't from the Bible. Like you're not going to get a lot of history about the American Civil War from the Bible. <laughs> the Bible isn't really a history book. It's just it, it's that's not its point. That's not its point. It's, it has a it has a different purpose. Anyway, so Moses is almost killed at birth, and it's because the the according to Josephus. The scribes, or I forget the name that he called them, and essentially like the Egyptian prophets or whatever, figured out that there was going to be, I don't know how they did this. This is according to Josephus, so don't, don't get too weird to death. That there would be a, a kid born that was going to essentially you know, take over or free the Jews. I'm not sure how specific the, the prophecy was. And so the Pharaoh decided to have all the the boys killed that were under, I think, two years. Does that sound familiar? New Testament? Anybody? About the same time Jesus was born? Interesting, if nothing else. So he's almost killed at birth. And Josephus, this is funny. Josephus says, God did also give him that tallness when he was but three years old, as was wonderful. And that is, I find that deeply offensive because God did not give me that tallness that was wonderful. <laughs> uh, but he says, and as for his beauty, there was nobody so unpolite as when they saw Moses, they were not greatly surprised at the beauty of his countenance. Nay, it happened frequently that those that met him as he was carried along the road were obliged to turn again upon seeing the child, that they left what they were about and stood still a great while to look upon him. For the beauty of the child was so remarkable and natural to him on many accounts that it detained the spectators and made them stay longer to look at him. He's saying literally people would just stop and stare at Moses when they saw him. Which is and just kind of funny. But anyway, Josephus also has it that, okay, so so the the princess adopts Moses because she finds him in the river. And it says, uh, she names him Moses. I think Mo is is born of, and the S-E-S is like of water or something, something like that. His name means born of water. And when they brought him into like the king, into like the king, he took the crown of the king. This is according to Josephus. He took the crown of the king and threw it on the ground. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, now, now it's interesting. And 
Josephus has it. I, I'm I'm making it very clear that this is Josephus, so you guys don't get like weirded out and feel like I'm added to adding to the Bible, because this is just Jewish history. And you know, so you can take it or leave it. You don't have to believe it. But according to Josephus, he became a general in the Egyptian army because the Egyptians were having trouble, and so they said, "Bring bring Moses," because apparently by this time Moses was very well schooled, and. They said, bring Moses, and he saved the Egyptians. And Josephus has it that the way he did it was that he marched through this area where there were tons of serpents. And so they didn't expect him to come through there because there were so many serpents. But there were a certain kind of animals that the, the snakes were really scared of. And so they put those animals in baskets and took them with them. And that's how they got through all the serpents without getting hurt. I mean, this is, you know, it sounds kind of like legend, but it, it's Jewish history. So, and the Jews were meticulous at, at keeping records. He is an Egyptian general. So this guy, he, he saves the Egyptian army, essentially. He is a, a big deal in Egypt. Like we kind of have this idea that he just, he just, you know, grew up became, you know, grew up in the, in the King's house, whatever. And then just immediately went and, and left and started helping the people of Israel. And according to Josephus, that's, that's not really true. He became an Egyptian general and did very well. And he would have been known by like basically everybody. And then he sees, and this is interesting because you start seeing the character of this guy. Because he sees an Egyptian beating an Israelite. Now understand that this is an Egyptian general. This, an Egyptian beating an Israelite is, is not any of his problem. But he kills the Egyptian. And it, it, if you think about it, it really says a lot about his character that he was willing to get involved. Like when he saw injustice... He was willing to to risk everything to put a stop to it. And I, I think that's something that maybe we don't really think about is that when some of these things were happening, they were actually you can just say, oh, there was one of his people and he, he put a stop to it. Well, he was an Egyptian general at this point, according to Josephus. So this was a big deal for him to kill another Egyptian and somebody else. Later, he, he interrupts the two men fighting, and one of them goes, hey, why, why are you doing this? Are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? And that's how he finds out that, that people know about this. And so he, he flees into the wilderness. He finds there, there's a couple women in the wilderness watering their sheep, and he helps them with it. Now, this is another interesting thing is – that he sees people, this guy is running for his life and he sees people that need help and he just stops and helps them with their manual labor. An Egyptian prince, an Egyptian general, like this guy's humility and just willingness to just adapt to any situation that he's in. And then they, you know, they, they come and find him and Then what happens? They come back and find him, and then he stays there. He, he marries one of the girls that he helped, 
So it turns out to be, you know, a pretty good deal for him. <laughs> uh, but he marries one of the girls that he helped water their sheep and he becomes a shepherd. Now, something that I've never heard talked about that is, is super interesting is that earlier in the Bible, when it talks about the, the people of Israel moving into Egypt, it says that they, they gave the, like Joseph's, Joseph's people or the people of Israel, they gave them a plot of ground and they just let them, you know, raise their sheep on it. And it says that shepherds were an abomination to the Egyptians. They were an abomination. Like being a shepherd was like despicable to the Egyptians. And I didn't study that. So I don't know why necessarily. There's probably some reason behind it, but it, it was, that's what the Bible says. That's not from Josephus. That's from the Bible. And so Moses went out. He was an Egyptian Egyptian general, like living high on the hog, he goes out and becomes a shepherd that is an abomination to the Egyptians. Like there is so much happening in this guy's life that we just don't think about. And then he he sees this, this fire burning a plant and it's not burning up the plant. And that's when, that's when God tells him, you know, to go back and get the people of Israel and then he goes back and he tries to help the people of Israel. And he's literally getting caught between everybody because the Pharaoh hates him, of course, because he's trying to free the, the people of Israel. And the people of Israel hate him because the, the Pharaoh is being more hard on, on the people of Israel because Moses is trying to free him. And so he's just literally caught in between everyone that he's trying to help. Between the people that he's trying to help and the people that, you know, are obviously his enemies. And it's just, I mean, this guy, like, this this guy's life. Anyway, my audio cut out, so I, I just try to pick up where I left off. But yeah, he's caught in between everybody. He gets him out into the wilderness. Oh, and another interesting thing that Josephus says, I don't think this really agrees with the biblical account, so, you know go with the biblical account, but he says that when like the water closed in over the Egyptians, that the water washed up all their weapons on the shore and that's how they armed themselves, which is I don't know, it's just interesting. Might not be true, but, but you know, and then he takes these people into the wilderness or in, yeah, into the wilderness and they're literally just the most honorary people that you can imagine. But, you know, they're just people like they're just like how we would be if we were in their shoes. And and Moses spends literally all his life trying to get these people into the promised land. And at the end of his life, he doesn't do it like he essentially he fails at the biggest the biggest thing that he had to do in his entire life. And that's that's being a leader is that you can try your entire life to do something and fail at it. And then you got to pass the torch to the next guy and, and bless him and say, you go, you, you finish what I started. And that's something that's really, really tough for leaders to do. And if you grew up around leaders, you know that, that they have a, they have a very hard time and it's very understandable, but for Moses to just be like, Hey, I, I can't do it. I made bad choices. You do it. And, and then Joshua takes over and, and finishes what he started. 
And it's just a really, it says that, that Joshua had a lot of wisdom because Moses laid his hands on him and essentially blessed him or whatever, which is just interesting. Like not only did Moses, was Moses like, okay, like, I don't, I don't need to take the people in. He was like, I will lay your, my hands on you and bless you so that you can do what my entire life goal was. And, and I'm going to tell all the people to follow you. Like they followed me, like the amount of character. I mean, this guy made mistakes, just like, like ev literally everyone in the Bible, except Jesus, but he, he made mistakes, but then he was just at the end of the day, he showed so much character. And that's, that's, that's really what matters. You know, you can be wrong sometimes. But the real question is, are you going to have the character when you're wrong to just be like, hey, I, I was wrong. And I have been wrong a lot. Like a lot. So, yeah, one of, one of my favorite people in that account is Caleb. Because Caleb is just such a baller. Because he's like, he was one of the one of the two spies that went in it originally when when they came back and gave it and said like, Oh, we can't take this land because there's giants in it and whatever. And Caleb and Joshua were the two guys that were like, no, nah, we, we can do it. We can pull this off. We got this. And Caleb, when they finally get into the promised land, Caleb is like, I was young and now I'm old and I'm still as strong now as I was then. And he's like 85 when he's saying this which is, <laughs> which is so cool. And he's like, he's like, I want, I want my city. And, and he just goes and it doesn't even say that he takes anybody with him. He just goes and takes his city, <coughs> but sorry, I should have muted my mic for that, but you, you just get the picture of this guy. He's he just like got so much pent up anger. Well, I mean, maybe not anger, but just like, he's so ready to fight. He's just like, I've been waiting for 40 years to just get in the mix. You know, I, I, <laughs> I like a guy like that, that just like is constantly bruising for a fight, you know, cause that, that I can respect. It's like, huh? you know, e even if they're a little misguided, it's like, at least you believe in something. Now you just need to believe in the right thing and you'll be good to go. But if somebody's just like sits around and doesn't do anything, it's like, how do you, I, I can't even help you. Not that I would have any good advice at, you know, in the first place, but, <laughs> but no, you, you get the picture of Caleb, like just like doing pushups and, and running up hills for 40 years. And then when he finally gets the chance, he's just like, all right, all right, you know, guys, I got this. I'm 85. Just stay out of my way. Let me, let me handle this. Let the men, let the men take care of this. <laughs> and he just goes and takes care of business, which is, yeah, it's just, funny there's a lot of in the new testament there's not as much stories that are just hysterically funny or not as many stories in the old testament the old testament is hilarious sometimes like like gideon the story of gideon where he goes and like when he's going to when he's going to fight or when he's like chasing people down and he and he stops at the city and he's like i want i want i need bread and whatever and they're like all right are these Kings already in your hand that you're like asking us for stuff? And he's like, when I come back, he's like, okay. 
when I come back, I'm going to flay you with thorns or whatever he says. And then, he, and then he comes back, you know, he does his thing. He, he wins, gets these Kings. And when he comes back, he takes all, <laughs> it says he took the elders of the city and he took thorns of the wilderness and briars. And with them taught the men of Succoth a lesson. <laughs> I'll bet you did, Gideon. I'll bet you did. Uh, like, that is just, that is, like, you can't tell me that's not hysterically funny. Uh, what's the other? Oh, oh, I in the New Testament, me, me and a couple of my buddies were talking about this. Uh, let me, let me find this. It, there's actually a really funny account in the New Testament. Hang on. You can hear me typing, so you know I'm doing something. Don't get impatient. You don't know what I'm looking up. It'd be anything. It's going to be hard to find. It's about the blind guy. Ah, not finding it. I, it came up so easy for me the other day. Jesus heals blind man. Let's try that. How is how is this hard to find? This makes no sense. What in the world? I'm, uh, I'm sorry, guys. I should have looked this up beforehand. People are like, ah. people are just going to be like, ah. you couldn't look it up before? Huh? Okay, here we go. And anyway, Jesus heals the man that was born blind. And and he asked uh, his parent and the, the Pharisees, let me make sure it's the Pharisees because somebody's going to be like, it wasn't the Pharisees, it was the Sadducees. Yeah, the, the Pharisees, come to his parents and and they're like no first they come to him and first they come to the guy that Jesus healed and he's like no nah, I don't know I don't know where I don't know where he is and they they go to his parents and they're like is this your son and they're like yeah it, it is and they're like he, he'll speak for himself because they didn't want to talk to the Pharisees about it because they were they were scared of the Jews because the Jews they're crazy and so the parents are like, ah, oh, he's of age. You know, he's he's old enough. He's not even living at home anymore. And <laughs> uh, now that I know what it is, I'm going to get it in a different version because you, you guys are going to hate this version. John 9. Because that was like the the why ye marvelous. Everyone's going to be like. Everyone's going to be like, what what is that? I only watch Netflix. I don't know what you're saying. And, uh, okay, here we go. He is of age. He is of age. Ask him. And, uh, okay, so they called him back, the, the kid that had been born blind and that Jesus healed. And they're like, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered whether, I'm, I'm, this is word for word. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I know that though I was blind, now I see. This is this is the kid talking to the Jews that his parents were afraid of. And there is literally no fear. 
They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? (laughs) This kid's got so, he's got guts, literally. He says, do you also want to become his disciples? (laughs) He tells the Pharisees, why are you asking me? Do you guys want to become his disciples? (laughs) And they reviled him, saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciple disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken from Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, the kid that was born blind, why this is an amazing thing. <laughs> He's being so sarcastic. Like you can, like if you read this, you can just hear the sarcasm dripping from his voice. Why this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin and you would teach us. And they cast him out. (laughs) That's what happens. That's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. But that is a man that I can respect right there. That there, like if if you like, sometimes we make the Bible like really old and stale, and and there are parts of it that are, I mean, that are boring to me that I just kind of skip over, like all the laws and stuff. But if you just read it like a normal book, and just you know try to understand what it's saying, it can be really, really funny and cool, and it'll teach you a lot, even if even if you don't believe it's the Word of God, it'll still teach you a lot, and you might end up believing it's the Word of God. You know, so I don't know. You can you can read it if you want. I I recommend it, but yeah. All right. Well, I got stuff to do. This one got a little longer than usual. Hopefully, you guys don't mind. I got stuff to do, so I'm gonna go do that. And yeah, have a fabulous rest of the week. Happy Hump Day. Remember, remember back in the uh, I don't know when it was when that when there was that. I forget it was a progressive commercial and the camel would walk in the office and go at hump day. Anyway, happy hump day. So, all right, guys, peace out. I think if my phone will stay, if this computer will stop recording, it's like, no, Joe, no, we like what you're saying. Keep talking. <laughs>